Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Welcome to Football is Family, a podcast dedicated to the fan and fan experience. My name is Jeremy McFarland, and I want to look at the positive behind what makes football so enjoyable to watch and follow. I want to know why you are a fan of your team, of a player, or an era of football. Whether the pros, college, or high school, I want to hear and share your stories and your love for the game. If you want to be part of this podcast, please message me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore McFarlane, or on Facebook at the Footballist Family Facebook page. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Thank you for listening to the Footballist Family podcast. And today I want to talk about a player that is one of my Uh, one of my all-time favorite players. Um, And when you look at this man's career, his numbers are not going to jump off the page at you. His numbers are not going to be up there with a Peyton Manning or or a John Elway or or, or a Tom Brady. It's just not going to be up there. But instead, it's going to be – his career is marked by a lot of injuries, but it's also marked by a lot of toughness and a lot of memories. And that is his career we're talking about is Steve McNair. Steve McNair, in fact, I was thinking of the jerseys that I bought back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Steve McNair was one of the first ones that I bought. I think the first one I bought was Frank Wycheck, and then I got a Steve McNair, Eddie George, and then a Javon Curse. Um, Steve McNair was a guy that when I remember watching the Titans play, he was always playing hurt. I mean, he was just a tough guy. And you say, well, he was always playing hurt. He got hurt a lot. The way he played, he played with reckless abandon. In fact, there's actually a, a video of him diving forward over a defender to get into the end zone, basically flipping over that defender to get there. That's how he played. He was a dual threat quarterback who he was known as Steve Air McNair uh, because of his passing ability, but he also ran. He ran an amazing amount of time, and he was tough when he ran. In fact, his four years at Alcorn State, uh, he ran for 2,295 yards. That's a lot of running for a quarterback. Uh, You know, we think today with Lamar Jackson where he ran. uh, Lamar Jackson is looking – he can model his career after Steve McNair's. Either that, Randall Cunningham, too, Frank Tarkington. But Steve McNair and Lamar Jackson are very similarly built in, in terms of height and weight and muscle. Uh, but the one thing that Steve McNair had uh, that Lamar Jackson really doesn't have is Steve McNair has Eddie George. He had Eddie George during this time. But McNair really was the heart and soul of the Titans teams in the late 90s to early 2000s before he went over to Baltimore. He was drafted out of Alcorn State. He was the third overall pick in 1995 by the Houston Oilers. 
Now, what's neat about this is I remember growing up, my uncle would get Sports Illustrated and he would give it to me a couple of weeks after he was done with them. And one of the uh, Sports Illustrated that he gave me had Steve McNair on the cover and Steve McNair in his Alcorn State jersey uniform and helmet. And at the bottom, it said, give him the Heisman. And of course, he didn't win the Heisman that year, but his numbers at Alcorn State, listen to this. He had 5,377 passing yards. He had a 58.2 percentage completion percentage, played 11 games, had, let me see if I get this right. He had 47 touchdown passes. That's insane. And it says here, according to the to the page I have here, as 99-yard long touchdown. Now, I'm telling you what, this guy, and I've, I've seen film of him playing in Alcorn State. My friend Dana could probably tell you a little more about that. This guy was pretty much a man among boys out there. He had everything going his way. He had the ability to read defenses. He had the ability to get outside the, po- the pocket to see further down. He had the ability to throw on the run. He had the ability to run when he had to. He was smart enough to know when to take the to dump off passes. He was strong enough to test the defense in the secondary. He also had the ability to know when to call audibles. Steve McNair had it all. And if I remember correctly, uh, people were concerned about McNair because he came from a smaller school. It doesn't really matter. He had the ability. So when the Titans were picking, they had the third overall pick. And they got a call from Tom Coughlin and the Jacksonville Jaguars saying, we're going to we'll offer you number two. We know you want McNair. We'll offer you the second pick. They had to pick before that, or we're going to trade it out. And Jeff Fisher and Floyd Reese said, we're not going to trade. And it said that they were sweating bullets because their, their owner at that point, Bud Adams, said, you take Steve McNair. So he took they, – they luckily got Steve McNair. The Jacksonville got Tony Baselli, but they got a pretty good pick too. They got Steve McNair. Steve McNair, uh, at that time, he was the highest drafted African-American quarterback in NFL history at that time. He also uh, was signed a seven-year contract. Seven-year contract. McNair really started playing. Uh, you know, he, he had to sit – a couple of years, but he started playing in 1997. At that point, they were moving over. Houston had moved over to Tennessee and they were playing in Memphis. Now, this is how dumb I was. Um, they were playing in Memphis, but they knew that their future home was in Nashville. So they would come over, the Titans or Oilers at the time would come over to Nashville and they would uh, sign autographs and they would sign, uh, meet and greet people at the Dillard's there at the Bellevue Mall in, in Nashville. And I went up there and said, I'm just going to meet some Titans and or Oilers at the time, I should say. And I met Aldo Greco, which was pretty cool. But I looked across the way and there stood Steve McNair. And he was looking at clothes. No one was bothering him. And I could have gone up there and been a fan and said, can I have your autograph? But I didn't do that. I never got to meet Steve McNair. I never got to uh, tell him I was grateful for 
what he did for the Titans. uh, And I had that opportunity. So guys, when you get the opportunity, take take advantage of it, you know, take advantage of it. McNair really was a bridge to the Titans when they were the Oilers moving to Nashville. Him and Eddie George really brought the city together. Because when the Titans came over to Nashville, he really did help the then Tennessee Oilers become the Tennessee Titans, become Tennessee's team. It was him and Andy George that really brought this together. And that started in 1999. Steve McNair was at that beginning of that season was diagnosed with an inflamed disc and he had to have surgery. He did come back in and play and won the last seven out of nine games and and helped the Titans to a record of 13 and three. He also helped the Titans win three playoff games in a row, beating the uh, Buffalo Bills. And we did, it was a backwards pass Buffalo. It was a backwards pass. Music City Miracle was not a forward lateral. Um, Then they beat the Indianapolis, Indianapolis Colts and they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. But when you look at the teams that they had to play, he truly led that team and put them on their back. But when you look at the Super Bowl, the Titans were getting just drummed. And McNair really did take the Titans on his back and carried them. In fact, the last play, that last pass to Kevin Dyson that ended one yard short, if you look at McNair, he is getting bull rushed. He rolls out to the right and basically plants his leg in the ground, and it looks like his leg went up in his body because of how hard he stopped, how hard he stopped, pulls back and throws a pass that nearly scores a touchdown. This man right here did an amazing, amazing amount of work and amazing amount of pain that he was in. And this started from his from his time uh, – playing with Alcorn State all the way to his time playing with the Oilers and then with the Titans. McNair, by the way, that uh, that cover of Sports Illustrated I mentioned earlier was September 26, 1994. September 26, 1994. I wish I had that cover still. And in fact, he ended up third in the Heisman Trophy presentation at that time. Uh, the winner was Rashawn Salam, who had over 2,000 yards rushing in, in – in, uh, in 1994, which I guess that deserves a win. Keep that in mind, by the way, that if Derrick Henry hits another 2,000-yard rushing season, he should win the MVP. I'm just just saying, just saying. Later on, you will find that McNair does an, an amazing amount of passing, an amazing amount of rushing. He does some great stuff. And in 2003, in 2003, Steve McNair – wins MVP award alongside Peyton Manning. This is, uh, you know, when we, when I was watching him play during this time in 2003, I didn't see his season as an MVP season because he didn't get the publicity. You know, we were watching him here in Tennessee. Uh, Actually, at that time I was in Georgia, I was able to, to follow the Titans uh, and watch some of their games on on uh, on the inter- internet. Actually, I was watching. Uh, they had little circles in NFL.com that would 
that when I had the landline, that it was not Wi-Fi, then it was hooked up to the phone line. Every now and then I'll see the, the circles move and show the pass that was being made. But McNair won the MVP alongside alongside uh, Peyton Manning. Listen to his numbers in 2003. 3,215 passing yards, 24 touchdowns, just seven interceptions with a quarterback rating of 100.4. They ended up, the Titans ended up with a 12.4 or 12 wins, four losses. And this was just something, it was a magical season for the Titans. We had Steve McNair getting the publicity he deserves. I mean, if you get an MVP alongside Peyton Manning, you're doing something right. You're doing something right. But over time with McNair, McNair had injuries pile up on him. Not only did he have injuries pile up on him, but his lifestyle, and we and we see a lot of other things kind of come into uh, his life. Uh, I don't want to talk about negativity in this game in this uh, podcast, but McNair didn't lead the best lead the best life. And 2006, 2007, he got in some trouble as well. In 2008. Steve McNair retires. You know, July 2012, McNair was named the 35th greatest quarterback in the NFL's post-merger post-merger era, according to Football Nation. McNair's number was retired by the Titans during the halftime ceremony against the Indianapolis Colts on September the 15th, 2019. One of the things that I didn't really like. Um, about this whole Steve McNair thing is he left to play in uh, 2006, actually 2005. He allowed to, he was allowed to go to play for the Ravens. And I don't mind, you know, you people understand my thing about the Ravens. It, it hurts when the Ravens beat the Titans in 2000. That hurts. That hurts me even to this day. But in 2006, 2005, 2006, the Titans locked him out of training camp. Steve McNair was locked out of training camp. They changed the key code basically to keep him from play from going and playing for the Titans because they were afraid that if he got hurt, he would lower his trade value. Steve McNair deserved better than that. Now I understand why they did it. I am not a GM. I'm not even Kevin Cosner on draft day. But Steve McNair deserved better than that. He deserved a chance to go play, and I'm glad he did play, and I'm glad he did well. I am, because I like him as a player. Would you listen to this? He retired with, again, when I talk about numbers, when I talk about numbers, he doesn't have eye-popping numbers, Okay. McNair retired with 31,304 yards passing, 174 yard uh, touchdown passes, 119 receptions, and 82.8 overall passing rating. Now, listen to this, though. 3,590 rushing yards and 37 rushing touchdowns. He was a three-time Pro Bowler, an NFL MVP, NFL leader in passer ratings in 2003, and he is part of the Titans' ring of honor. Um. When I looked at – when you go into Nissan Stadium, you'll see the Ring of Honor, and they have some amazing, amazing people up on that Ring of Honor. Steve McNair is one of those people that they have up there. Um, 
when I found out that he had he had died and we didn't know what was going on with that situation and, and that's fine. Uh, we didn't need to know what was going on. Um, they opened up Nissan Stadium. It wasn't Nissan Stadium at the time, but they opened up Nissan Stadium and they allowed people to come in and see highlights of Steve McNair's career. So my wife and my son and my daughter and I drove up to Nashville from Hurricane Mills. And we sat in the seats and we watched his highlights. I have over on my shelf and I'm pointing to it like you can see where it is, but I'm pointing to it. I have a, a, a McFarlane sports pick of Steve McNair. It's Steve McNair falling over to the right, but he has his arm up in the air as if he's going to throw the ball. The one thing about Steve McNair that I choose to remember is his toughness. There's a story, and I'll get to the story in just a second. I want to I want to pop up here and, and tell you about something. Uh, this podcast is sponsored by Play Classic Sports Simulation Board Games, spelled with two A's, P-L-A-A-Y. Realistic board game recreations of professional football, hockey, baseball, NASCAR, golf, and more. They cover nine sports in all with a 10th basketball coming in 2022. You can relive great seasons of the past, create what-if matchups from different eras, and much more. It's fun. If you're into sports history, you should check them out. Play with two A's. That's P-L-A-A-Y classic.com. Use the code S-H-N at checkout and get 10% off your first order. Uh, we also have a giveaway running uh, giveaway running through November 13th for a chance to win your choice of any Play Classic games. To enter and to check out the interview with the founder and his son, head to sportshistorynetwork.com backslash play. That's P-L-A-A-Y. And we're hoping, I'm hoping to have them on this podcast in the next couple of weeks. I'm back to the story that I wanted to tell you about. Steve McNair didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. He didn't want anybody not to like him. And there's a story that a person came up to McNair after McNair had a bad game, times lost. And he told Steve, you cost me a hundred bucks. Now that's a jerk move on that man's part. I get that. But Steve McNair was the type of guy that the story goes that he reached into his pocket, pulled out a hundred dollar bill and gave it to the guy and told him he was sorry. Jim Wyatt wrote a book called Titan Sidelines, Tales from the Titan Sidelines. And I want to read something and we're going to, we'll finish out this podcast with this story. Start of something is the, is the title of this. Since the organization's first game in Tennessee, Steve McNair has been the team's leader at quarterback. He started all 16 games in the team's first year in Tennessee in 1997, and while injuries have kept him out of some games since, he has been the undisputed man behind the center most Sundays. In reality, the McNair era began in 1996 season. After playing sporadically in 1995 and most of 1996 behind starter Chris Chandler, McNair's big chance came after Chandler sprained his ankle late in the 1996 season. 
When McNair stepped in and led the Oilers to a December victory, one player spoke up and said what many are thinking. You get a certain point, uh, you get to a certain point sooner or later that, that you give, you've got to give a guy a chance to do what you drafted him to do, said Mark Spinskowski, said of McNair, the team's first round draft pick in 1995. I don't see why he shouldn't start. I think he played well every time we played. Sanaski, uh, Semnuski, excuse me, comments came a day after McNair led a team to the 35-10 victory over the Jets. It only helped fuel the fire of a growing controversy about the team's starting quarterback should be. Coach, uh, Coach Jeff Fisher was in a spot. McNair was inching to start, while Chandler, even with a bum ankle, wasn't ready to hand over the starting spot. Chandler became more irritable just thinking about the possibility. Most players kept quiet. Now listen to this. Fisher ended up naming McNair the team starter the next week against the Jaguars. He ended up starting the teams, starting two of the team's final three games, including the season-ending victory over Baltimore. By the end of the season, McNair was convinced just about had convinced just about everyone that it was officially time to give him the football for good. And players are were willing to step up and say it. That man was tough. That man was Tennessee, was was Nashville for, for many, many years. He's up again for Hall of Fame. He's up again for the several several years in a row. He's been up in the finalist for the Hall of Fame. Will he make it? Probably not. But if you're looking at sure numbers, no, Steve McNair is not going to be high on that list. But when you look at a player and what that player means to the team, Gail Sayers, what he meant to the Bears. When you look at Ken Riley, who should be in the Hall of Fame, look what he means meant to the Bengals. When you look at, at players, what they mean to the team, Steve McNair should be at least considered highly to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, without him, Eddie George will tell you this, without Steve McNair, Eddie George would not be Eddie George. But I'll tell you this, without Eddie George, Steve McNair might not be Steve McNair. They both played a big part in each other's development and each other's awesomeness. Steve McNair should be considered for the Hall of Fame. Now, he was in 2012 inducted in the Black College Football Hall of Fame and in uh, 2020 in the College Football Hall of Fame. Can Ohio deserves number nine. Kent, Ohio deserves number nine, and number nine deserves Kenton, Ohio. Thank you all for listening to the Footballers Family Podcast, and we'll see you next time. Hey, are you ready for some football? Some fantasy football? How about some daily fantasy football? Silly questions, right? Of course you are. You're ready to talk some smack and win some cash every Sunday, and Thursday, and Monday, and whenever there's football games. The Sports History Network invites you to play your daily fantasy football this season at thrivefantasy.com. Thrive Fantasy offers hundreds of thousands, millions in cash every day on NBA, MLB, PGA Golf, Cricket, Esports, and of course, NFL football. And just to get the 2021 NFL season started right, 
Thrive Fantasy is holding its $100,000 guaranteed contest with a $20,000 first prize. Sign up with Thrive Fantasy today to get a 100% match bonus on your first deposit for up to $100 in free daily fantasy football play. Visit sportshistorynetwork.com slash thrive. That's T-H-R-I-V-E or enter promo code SHN when depositing at the cashier. Join Thrive Fantasy today, earn cash prizes, and support great shows like this at the Sports History Network. Now that's a win-win-win situation for you to kick off your own NFL season. At the Sports History Network, we're all about sports yesteryear, and so we're so pleased to introduce you to Row One, an online memorabilia gallery and shop that brings your sports history to life anywhere. The Row One gallery includes over 5,200 gorgeously reproduced prints of team posters, game program covers, game tickets, advertisements, and more in baseball, pro and college football, pro and college basketball, and more. And any gallery item may be printed in a variety of sizes on wood, metal, canvas, acrylic, or poster paper. And in Row One Shop, check out the thousands more of unique Unique items with a retro and historical designs dating back to 1876, including t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, phone cases, mugs, blankets, pillows, towels, and even shower curtains. Go to sportshistorynetwork.com, R-O-W number one, for access to the full Row 1 catalog and for gallery prints and gift items, plus get a 15% discount off all prints on the Row 1 Pictorum Gallery with coupon code SHN15. Follow the link on the show notes. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.